Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we're honoured to have a guy who does sound effects for movies and starting with the Peaky Blinders amongst many other things. We're just going to see what we can learn from him and and uh, take life as it comes. Nice to have you here today. Thank you, thank you very much. So tell us, why sound effects and how did you get into it? Right, so I come from Rome for the sole purpose of working in sound post-production here in London. And after uni, I got hooked up with a friend of mine that worked in a studio and I started there as a sound assistant on this Russian project and started, you know, being introduced to the world of sound post-production, sound effects uh, in particular. You said Russian production, what, what was that? Uh, I worked for a project called DAO and it was kind of a uh, controversial, uh, huge big brother with scientists uh, by this um, director called Ilya Grazhanovsky, which is a Russian guy that recreated this 1950s scientist environment and it tells the story of this guy Landau which was a Nobel Prize for physics and they recreated all the kind of post-World War II madness and uh, it's a project that's been going on for 10 years and it's been just recently came out and yeah it was very interesting. You spoke about doing coming to London for the sole purpose of the sound engineer yeah. So that's so that to say that you were involved in sound engineering before in Italy, Roma? Briefly, uh, because I, I really loved music producing. Uh, it, started as, it started with music, really. And then from music uh, mixing, I started, you know, getting into... I, I really liked, like sound in general. And I think post-production was... Sound effects was the thing that really caught my eye you know that I preferred so yeah not really mu- not much in Italy okay what yeah. kind of music were you into hip-hop okay okay who's your favorite artist <laughs> DJ Premier I'm kind of old school because I was in Roman hip-hop scene and, <laughs> okay uh, I mean I have a lot of Italian artists but mainly like some something that everyone knows like Cyber Seal, DJ Premier, uh, Gangstar I don't know, Lauren Hill. So when you was in, when you came to England, you came here for the purpose of studying. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the degree that you did was adequate for the industry you're going into? Yes, definitely. Tell us a bit about the degree and your experience of coming to England. Was it your first time of coming here? It wasn't the first time, but um, for the purpose of let's say staying here in the UK, so yeah, yeah. For, for like long term. And I studied at SA London, which is an audio production university. So yeah, I was very aimed in that sense. Yes, you seem like a man who's very focused and knows what you want to do. <laughs> I, w- I was, I was, yeah. Well, it seems like you still are. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, of course I still am, but I still am, but you know, if you go you, out your way, as long as, you know, like leaving your country, I think you must have... Um, a plan of action? A, yeah, just 
a bit of a plan because otherwise it's very easy to, you know. I mean, it's fine. I know people that, you know, come here to London or whatever from Italy and they just do, they just go for the purpose of, you know, I want to learn English or I want to see what's out there. I just want to take my chances, really. But I was more, no, if I'm going, I'm going. So your degree, was it all practical? Half enough, I'd say. Did you have to do a year out and get work experience or anything? No, my work experience has been like throughout while studying at university and also slightly after that I've done, I've done some live sound so I was mixing bands in like old street in this old street club and then I finally got you know the chance to get into a studio yeah what is it personally that actually motivates you about all this music? I mean, music was just really a passion and it's always been a passion because I kind of realized that music is not very... There's not a lot of money in music unless, unless you're exceptional or you're very lucky with, you know, like music producing or... I, mean, I never wanted to be an artist but working in music... I have a friend of mine, he works in music, he's a really good mixer, he, he does... Like, he's done some good stuff. Uh, it's just, I think that my, my interest uh, shifted from music to sound post-production because I, I found it more like grounded in reality. So, yeah, there was more work in general, simple as What have you learned during the time in the music industry and coming to live in England that you wish you knew when you had started? The ability to work with people. Because first of all, I think you're not working when you work on something like as technical as maybe, you know, sound effects. Some people forget that you're not working technically first, but you're working with people in the first place as a priority. I think sometimes it's hard to, you know, convey like workplace and skills and what you, and your duties and people. So first of all, as a sound engineer, they teach you how to connect and how to work with clients and people because that's what you do. This is the first thing. So you can be like very good what you do but if you cannot you know be you know the chill guy or respectful guy that you know is welcoming and knows how to solve problems in in a quick and kind of respectful way or it's, it's very hard to explain I, I wish i knew that before because i was all very okay let's be technical it's all very technical but first of all you, you work with people when i used to mix for the band clubs it's a mess of people it's all of you know time restrictions and you know, there is a lot going on and if you cannot kind of connect with the people you're working to and kind of being, you know, understanding of their needs, uh, it's very hard to then do the technical work if that doesn't come first. So I, I wish I had that experience before coming here. And how have you developed that? You've acknowledged it, so you've probably overcome it. So how have you? Yeah, developed? I think a mixture of bad experiences, more experienced people than I than I was or I am. Uh, see more people, you know, work and do the job better than I did, and certainly helped me a lot. Um, there were some instances where you know people are all very different of view and very different characters. So I think I just I just went with the flow. I I think I found my spot where I felt comfortable. You know. Working when you're watching a movie, do you find that you're always looking out for the sound? Oh, always, all the time. And what are, all the, the time. are there common mistakes? Do you feel like phoning them up and say, "Listen, next time you want to do a movie, call me." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I work for a company, so it's it's not. I'm not a freelancer, so it's not up to me what movies I get to work on. 
Uh, I would say people that do my job have are very critical about how things sound in general. If it's a series, if it's a TV series, or especially a movie, yeah. I mean, it's our job, so I think it's kind of normal to always be on the look, on the lookout for you know cool sounds or something that doesn't sound right. Uh, we pick it up quite quickly because that's what we do. When you're working on things like the Peaky Blinders, how does that make you feel? I like having worked on uh, the first series on the like the later ones and I was very excited because you know it was kind of a big series uh, for Netflix and I mean I, I watched it even before starting working on it mm -hmm. and it's definitely exciting because like P Blinders it's sound wise allows for a lot of design and let's say interesting sound choices even though it's you know it's based in the uh, 1920s, 1930s. Uh, what, when we talk about sound, what kind of adjustments, what kind of things do you actually do? Um, as a sound effects editor, I would start with an Atmos layout of the whole episode or whatever I'm working on. Uh, Atmos, just to make it very simple, is you have a scene and you forget about everything that's happening. You just focus on what's happening around the characters or around the scene. So if we're in London, if I had a scene, for example, for this other series I worked on, it's London-based, it's kind of a detective London-based series. Um, what do you hear in London, even in an apartment? You hear police cars, ambulance, madness, traffic, <laughs> helicopters, uh, yeah. you know, build the soundscape for it to be believable. I cannot put, you know, I cannot make it sound like there are, uh, you know, it needs to be believable in that sense, like a busy city, like there is a lot going on, you know, people yeah. passing by and all this stuff. That's Atmos, everything that surrounds any space. So if I was near the Thame, I would put a lot of water sounds, both still traffic, because it's still London. Uh, if you were out on the countryside, you would have a lot of birds chirping, you would have a lot of, you know, the leaves moving uh, with the trees and, uh, you know, this is kind of, storytelling just with the sound you need to understand where you are so that's atmos that will start with atmos first and atmos for people this is very interesting because it's full of being Bir i mean birmingham in this sense but, um, so would it be fair to say that you want the atmosphere sounds the sound yeah. of the atmosphere but yeah. but at the same time it can't overpower the actual dialect i mean dialogue sound is another someone else takes care of the dialogue oh, is it yeah, yeah. That's really broken down then. So yeah, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. It's very that. broken down. I'm, I'm not a delegator. I've been doing delegating for some time, but that's not what I enjoy. Dialogue is the most important part of any sound audio media. Uh, because dialogue is what, you know, the connection is what you need to understand. So delegating is something else. But yeah, of course, all these sounds never go over dialogue. Or if they do, it's, it's very rare. Because if you can't hear dialogue, you can't hear the story, you can't hear anything. For a young person who's coming into the industry, what would your advice be to Don't assume that if you want to work in sound, and if you're just looking for it, it's very hard to find work in sound post-product. If you think that you just want to make work experience, do something for yourself and start doing sound on your own terms and start learning on your own. Start, you know, engaging with sound post-production solo, basically, so they have something to show to anyone that would be interested, even a company. 
and show that you have the willingness to learn more, but you have already take, taken your steps to becoming what you want to Personal what you want to become, yes. So first things to be personal interest. So if you want to do that, you do that alone first. And then you engage with whoever you think is right to contact, you know. So do your homework first. You do it because otherwise it would be... Would so we've interviewed directors, many musicians, sound engineers and all these yeah. people on the show. So if any of them is listening, where can they find you if they want to find you? They like this interview and they want to reach out and say, Listen, we need you on our company. Is there uh, a place that they can find you, Graham? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Okay. And, okay. Or, or just look at Molinaire, uh, Molinaire Soho uh, Post Production House. I'm one of the effects. You want to yeah. say your name? What, what's your name on LinkedIn? <laughs> My name is Federico Modanese. Okay. And yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for that. Yeah, thank you very much. And we wish you well. Thank you. We hope you liked that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.